Um, today, um, we're going to start our series on alcoholic beverages, um, and the goal today is to do an introduction. Um, our plan is to do Mitzvah Simon Kofi Dalad and Kofchav Gimel. I'm going to talk about later at the end what I have in mind to cover. Um, but today, just a general introduction to cover two main things. Okay, and the first one is um, how you produce alcohol. Or what is alcohol? So, um, but when we're going to discuss for now and on, talk about alcohol, we're talking about what's technically called ethanol or um, ethyl alcohol. Okay, and the, the word, but in a, in a scientific term, the word alcohol, and alcohol refers to anything with a certain structure to it. Um, like, for example, you may have heard of um, methanol. Okay, that's an alcohol. So there's lots of things that are called alcohol. But for our perspective, we're talking about beverage alcohol, um, which is otherwise known as ethanol. Okay, from now from now on, that's what we always when we talk about alcohol. That's what we mean. Even though scientists might not use that. <laughs> so, same thing. Yeah, just two different words for the same thing. Okay. Um, now, the, the 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 basis of creating alcohol, no matter what form it takes, um, when we're going to talk about five different types of alcohol, every type of alcohol is the exact same thing, and that is, um, if you take sugar and you give yeast acts on it, um, the yeast acts on the sugar and it creates alcohol and carbon dioxide. Okay? That, that, that's what happens every time, no matter what kind of alcohol you're making, it doesn't make a difference, anything alcohol, that's the process that's going on in, in a scientific term. That's what's happening. Sugar is, well, we're gonna, we'll see what that means, sugar, but sugar is acted on by yeast, and it creates alcohol and carbon dioxide. Um, yeast meaning microbes, right? Yeast means like, like what you make challah with, um, the same, that kind of stuff. Um, oh, it doesn't have to be microbes, it's going to be alive. Well, a scientist would say it's alive, a scientist would say that it's alive. The yeast, a scientist would say that it's alive. To me, it looks just like a powder. But from, but from the same, that yeast that's in your refrigerator, I don't know if you have your refrigerator, that yeast, the freezer, wherever you keep it, that yeast um, is, that's what you use, or a variation of that, acted on sugar. What does it mean alive? It's Right. In, in fact, I mean, when you make how the exact same process happens. Okay, this, this exact same process. I would just say it later, but the exact same process happens. And when you make when you make kawa, the the yeast uh, acts on the sugar, creates carbon dioxide and alcohol. The alcohol escapes, and the carbon dioxide is what fluffs up the bread. Okay, it gets trapped inside of the, as it expands. It's being expanded by this carbon dioxide that's fluffing it up. Um, and so, in theory, you don't want the alcohol. The alcohol escapes. You want the carbon dioxide to hold to hold that shape. And then when you bake it, the carbon dioxide disappears. Okay, so. So, to simplify this, okay, to simplify it, for our purposes, um, we're going to look at, the, I'm going to ignore some of the other pieces for now, and we just say sugar and yeast uh, turns into alcohol. Okay? That, that's, a, that's a simple form how we're going to say what happens to alcohol. And gonna, we're going to go now through five ways that a person, that we make alcohol in, in stages, you know, from an alcohol company. Okay? And that's like this. The simplest kind of alcohol, uh, the simplest kind of alcohol is made from grapes. Okay, grapes have yeast living on the peel, tend to live on the peel. There's yeast floating around in the atmosphere also, but grapes have yeast living on the peel. Grapes have sugar inside of them, so if you squeeze um, grapes into, into something, you put them into the right kind of environment, the right temperature, and etc., and things like that, then the yeast will act on the sugar, um, and it'll make wine. Okay, that's what's going to happen. Okay, that, that's the simplest form of what we of what we call of making alcohol. Okay, that's the simplest thing. That's the first. Okay. Number two is, you could do the same thing with anything else that has sugar in it. So, like, if you take fruit juice 
or milk, those things have sugar in them also. And if you, now there you're, you're going to have to add yeast. If your milk doesn't have yeast in it, um, you could get yeast from the atmosphere, but the easiest way would be to add milk, to add yeast to that sugary su- mixture, and you get something else. So if you add apples, if you take apple juice, and you add, you put yeast into that, what you're going to create is what we call hard apple cider. Okay? It's basically, it's wine, but it's not wine that's made out of grape juice. It's wine that's made out of apple juice. Okay? It doesn't taste the same because it's, it, the alcohol should taste the same, but everything else about it is very different. Uh, so hard apple cider is essentially wine, but instead of being made out of grapes, and in a grape it's pretty natural it happens, in, in a hard apple cider you need to, you add the yeast, and it does the same thing happens. It, it acts on the sugar, or, we, or the science that it eats the sugar, and it converts it into, it converts into alcohol. Okay, An- another example, um, of, there's a thing called milk stout. Okay, milk has sugar in it, that's called lactose. Um, milk has sugar in it, and if you, if you have yeast acts on the sugar, it makes something called a, a milk stout. Okay, something that's going to be discussed in the first couple of dinim and kofi dalat is called yen rimonim. Yen rimonim is the same thing. If you take pomegranate juice, okay, it's sweet, it has sugar in it, take pomegranate juice, and you add yeast to that, what you're going to get is yen rimonim, okay, or, or sheikh hashok tamarim, as if you did it from dates, Another thing took in the first couple of dinim, all those things are, you take something with sweet sugar inside of it, you add yeast to it, or it comes from the atmosphere, and voila, you have some kind of a, you have some kind of a alcohol beverage. Okay? Okay, the next is, till now, the first two ways I told you how you can make al- alcohol, you started off with sugar. Okay, that's what you started with. Because you need to have sugar if you want to make, what we call sugar. You need to have sugar if you want to make alcohol. Okay, the next way to do it is, instead of starting with sugar, you start with starch. Okay, what is, what is starch? Starch is dozens or hundreds of sugars that are all strung together. <coughs> so, if you, if, you can, if you can break apart that starch into individual sugars, if you could break it apart, then you could do the same thing that we've been talking about until now. Okay? In apple juice, you don't have to break anything apart. You just got to squeeze it and you have the juice there, then it could turn into alcohol. If you have something that's starch, you can do that. And it sounds complicated. It's called the hydrolyzer starch. It's really not so complicated. Um, it's complicated for me and you, uh, but it's not complicated for um, people who know what they're doing. Um, it's often done with, with barley. It's, it helps the process along. Okay, and if you do that, um, the, what we're, the, the one we're most familiar with is if you, if you, take, if you take barley and you break down the starch, it's called to malt the starch, you make it into you you malt that starch and add you you make some you make beer out of that. Can you turn the starch of barley into a sugar, into a li- a sweet liquidy sugar, sort of like corn syrup, and you act sugar acts on it and it makes beer. Okay, when we have beer, um, just like in times of the Gemara, and um, we add hops to it, you know, we add hops to it. So you have to add something else to give it a certain flavor. But the alcohol shabai is happening. You take the barley, and you don't start with an actual sugar. You start with something that needs to be converted into sugar, and then you, it turns into beer. Okay, you add hops to make it like that. Okay, if you make, um, you can make it without. You can make beer, so to speak, beer without hops, and it has different. It's called a malt beverage. Okay, but it's just the, what, what we're used to. What's called beer is barley broken down into sugar. The sugar becomes alcohol. Like in, in every part of making an alcoholic beverage, the sugar becomes alcohol. It, it hops and it, and it turns into beer. Okay? Um, a, a, a variation of that... Does every food have sugar with that? Every, no. No. Everything that you want to make into alcohol beverage has sugar in it. So barley has sugar? Barley has starch. 
It's a starch. A starch is a lot of sugar strung together. It doesn't taste sweet because it has little starches that are connected to each other. When you break them apart, the, the dogma of it that you're used to is if you take corn, it doesn't taste so sweet. When you break it apart into corn syrup, that means you take the starch and turn it into sugar, then all of a sudden it's sweet because now it tastes like sugar because it is sugar. So with barley... What say? The barley is a starch. If you break down that starch... The one, how you do it? The, the, in bar- right, it's, it does, you don't need grasshopper hachmaf it. And what it is is actually, it, it's real. I'll tell you, it's it's a big. We we're going to wait for later. It's a big niflois type by your head works. The, the the barley has starch in it. It's a fuel for it to grow for the first couple of days. Okay, when when you plant the barley in the ground, it needs to grow for a few days until it has leaves and roots. So what happens is when you put barley into warm water, this doesn't work at home because okay, you're missing part of the barley kernel. But if you had a, a full barley kernel you put into warm water, it will release an enzyme, uh, and that enzyme breaks down the starch within the barley into sugar. <coughs> then, the sh- then the barley uses that sugar to live on for a few days until it can grow roots and leaves, and then it can grow as a plant. So it's really very easy. It's called to steep barley. You put it into warm water, and it releases an enzyme, and it breaks itself down. It breaks itself down into sugar. It, turn, it turns its starch into sugar. Okay? So you can make, when you want to make beer, you take barley and you turn, and you turn barley into barley syrup. Okay? And then, uh, and then you, it, it turns into alcohol, add some hops, and you're in business. So the barley in the picture wouldn't actually work. That barley in that picture wouldn't work. Yes, right. Because you, you, what we have in our house is called pearl barley. They take off too much of the outside, it wouldn't work. Okay. A lot of cereal has melted barley syrup. Mm-hmm. Well, why because it's a very, it's a sweet, when you break down the starch into a sugar, into a sugar, it's very sweet, and notice it has a unique sweetness to it. It's not just it's sweet like sugar. It's just a replacing for sugar? No, because it, has, it has, also has a unique taste, taste to it, so therefore you want that flavor, what they call flavor profile, so you, you don't just put sugar, you put barley malt in it. Also. And malt beer? Malt, um, well, every beer is really malt, okay? So it's been a certain style called malt beer, but like a malt beverage means beer without hops in it. That's really what it is. Um, and, um, um, and then there's, within beers, all beers are made out, essentially, made out of barley. Some of them throw other grains in also, but it's made out of barley, um, turned into apple. Okay, thank you. about that. Okay. Okay. The, the, okay. Okay, now, a variation of this, a variation of this um, is something we're going to talk about one time, and that's called sake. Okay, it's a variation of this is, which is, we'll, we'll get to it in Rit Hashem, um, which, not, not today, but we'll get to it one day, which is, that also you convert the, the rice starch turns into some kind of a sugar, um, and then you ferment it into an, uh, a wine, essentially what's a wine, called sake. Okay, it's, it's similar to beer. Okay, it's the same, in, in, from our perspective, the same as beer, you took the starch, you turn it into sugar, you ferment it into, you know, 5, 8%, whatever the percentage is that you sell it at, and then you... Um, Sell so, again. What? Saki, sell it Okay, fine. So, so. Okay, now, till now, till now, we talked about making things, turning sugars into alcohol to the extent that's basically that's physically possible. Which is to say, is when you take sugar and you try to make alcohol out of it, there's only so much alcohol that you can get out of it. And that's because at a certain point in the process, the, al- the, the yeast won't work anymore. Okay? The yeast doesn't function in that kind of an environment. So you can't get more than 12, 13, 15%. The value, you, know, you could get in that range, something in that range, but you can't do any of what we described in Tuma. You can't do more than about that amount of alcohol. 
Okay, you can't make an alcoholic beverage that has more than about that any percentage. Any of these things, because grapes, right? Because because the, the, the yeast won't function in that environment. There's lots of times of yeast, but the, so the strongest yeast will go to 15 percent. But they don't they don't handle that kind of an environment. The the, the acidity of that environment, they can't handle it past a certain amount. Okay? You get stuck. That's where you get stuck at that point. To make you didn't, you don't see regular wine that has 27 percent or 40 percent alcohol. In it. Okay? You don't see regular so wine. There's a big mystery about why. why did they, they diluted the wine right. years ago. We're going to talk about that. Right. It's in yeah. the so it's not the, the lack of sugar. It's the lack not the lack of sugar. sugar. No, it's, it's the functionality of the yeast in, in that place. Okay, we're going to talk about that so one day. So certain types have more alcohol than others. Well, yes. Different e- yeast. There's lots of different yeast. So what we call yeast generically, there's lots of types. Of, yeah, in some places, it'll be stronger than other places. But when it, for ours, it only gets to a certain point. Okay, it only gets... Yes, so, so we'll talk about what Yossi's being Maramas to, that maybe, um, that might be a Hezbollah. Okay, now, but, so people weren't satisfied with that. They wanted to have things that were stronger, so they developed something um, called distillation. Okay, distillation um, starts off, start off in this, in, in what we're about to see in a second for alcohol. It's in lots of other industries also. The same, it's the same Musag, it's the same, and that is like this, okay? This is what distillation, this is a, a simple distillation, okay? What distillation means is like this. When water, we all know water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay? Um, alcohol boils at about 173 degrees Fahrenheit. So, if you could boil up a liquid to someplace in between 173 and 212, let's say we boil up to 180 degrees, what's going to happen? The, the alcohol is going to boil out of, the, out of the pot, and the water is going to stay behind. Okay? Now, it's not so perfect. It doesn't work exactly like that, but that's the basic idea we're trying to do is we get the alcohol to boil out and leave the water behind. So in the picture that you see here, the person on the left side, they're boiling up this mix of, of something mixed together. Out boils out the thing that boils out at the lower temperature. It boils out. And the vapors that, that are rising out, they, they, they're directed into this long tube over here. Okay, that's where the vapor just by nature. That's where they get pushed into that way. And in that tube, you cool it down. You put cold water around that tube so that as the, when the vapors hit that, they condense, they turn back into a liquid, and they drip onto the right side, and you get what you want. So in, if we were doing this with alcohol, if we were doing this with, with, with alcohol, okay, if we were doing this with wine, what would happen is the alcohol part of it would boil out, and on, onto the right side we'd be dripping out, not pure alcohol, but something close to that, a, a concentrated alcohol would be dripping out on the right side, and leaving behind the watery part on the left side. If the cool water is going in, how come it doesn't go out at that point? Again? There's so cool water going in. The, the cool is not going into the pipe, it's around the pipe. Okay. It's cooling off the pipe, it just, it's you know, encircling the pipe to keep to cool off that pipe. So the hot, the hot alcohol is hitting that pipe, it turns back, it turns back into a liquid, and it, now the liquid drips into the bottom. Okay, so, so this is a way, this is a way of concentrating alcohol. It doesn't okay? matter what's in the left. What's on the right is going to be the same whether it's beer or wine. Or it's, in theory, that would be true, but it's not the truth. In truth, it's there's a lot of carryover also. It doesn't doesn't go over as pure alcohol. In theory, it sounds like you should get pure alcohol, but it's not true. In truth, you get flavor carries over, even water carries over. Okay, so it's not pure. Um, so in the case that what I just described to you, what I just described to you, I, what I just described to you, take wine and distill it would have would have created.
get this idea that alcohol, the alcohol evaporates at a lower temperature than the water? Mm-hmm. So, that's that so then the, the alcohol... Now, when we see... This, we're talking today about alcohol, but there's lots of other industries that use distillation also. Okay, it's very common to use... Distillation is we have separating two things by their boiling point. You, you raise the temperature between one boiling point and the other boiling point. And then one thing boils out, the other one stays behind. Okay, and this is a very simple distillation. What you see, if you go to Texas and you see, you know, uh, 50 foot high distillation columns, that's being very specific. It's getting to just a little temperature difference between one and the other to get out a certain, what they call a fraction, and leaving something else behind. Okay? So this, this is how you distill. So now, if we would do this with wine, actually, if you take grapes and you ferment them, you get with wine. Okay? If you add in a distillation stage in the middle there, then what you can have is going to be called brandy. Okay? Brandy is... Basically, it's concentrated wine. It's wine, not concentrated, it has a higher alcohol content. And the way you did that is that you added in the distillation. By adding in distillation, you said instead of the, the wine being 14% wine, all of a sudden you can get it to be 40% wine. Because 40% alcohol. Because you, you sucked out more and more of the alcohol, and you made it concentrated, leaving something else behind. Brandy is just and stuff on the right? Yes. Well, sometimes you mix it back with one. You never see a clear brandy. It doesn't exist. Okay, so then you... you they always mix it back into one. Okay, so, so it's fine. That's fine. Uh, but you're, you're getting extra alcohol. You, you're, so what we'll say is you're getting alcohol from three gallons just into one gallon. You know, you're, just, you're getting all that alcohol together, so instead of being 14%, you're getting to 40% by collecting all that alcohol and putting it back in. And then they pull alcohol from anywhere, or they take out the water? So in brandy, in brandy, it means from wine. That's what, that's what the term brandy means is. I mean, I made wine. The alcohol came from grapes. And the alcohol came from other grape wine. Well, yeah. Brandy is like bread. It's, it's burned, burned wine. Can I, maybe it's a contraction. <laughs> that I don't know. Alcohol? What? Or you can just take out the water and make it and have a higher percentage. You don't have to add in the alcohol. You, you take, you take out the alcohol. That's what you take out. The alcohol is what comes out. Because the alcohol boils at a lower temperature. So now I have on my, on my right side, I have all the alcohol sitting there. So Akiva says, what I do is I take this alcohol, which is now at a high percentage, and I mix it with some simpler wine, and I get to balance it out to 40%. Now, you have on the left, is it left to be grape juice, because all the alcohol is gone? Um, something like that. Okay, I don't know if we would call, we wouldn't call it grape juice, but something like that. You know, it's, it's, a, you know, it's not perfect either. You don't get all the alcohol out, and you don't get all the... Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, with nothing, with no grape, no alcohol, or very little alcohol left in it. Yeah. Okay, so this thing... This thing that we just that I just showed you over here, um, that would be, if you did that with grapes, when you took wine and you did this whole process, you'd end up with what we call brandy. Okay, but you could do that with lots and lots of things. Okay, um, for example, for example, if you took sugar, okay, just plain old sugar, like in your pantry, you took sugar and you fermented it and you made alcohol out of it. it doesn't it's not terribly tasty. Okay, it's just the sugar. But if you concentrate it, that's what we call rum. Okay, that, that's what the term rum means. When you, you make wine out of plain sugar, then you distill it, and it turns into rum. Okay, if you took uh, agave, it's a plant um, that has, sh- it's a sugary syrup inside of it. You've heard of agave syrup. Okay, you take agave, and you ferment it, and then you distill it, and you end up with tequila. Okay, so it, that, that's what goes on. You, you could do the same thing. I'll, I'll show you some more examples in a second. Okay? You, you always have to have yeast in it. If you want to make alcohol, if you want to make alcohol, of course you can have to keep kosher pesach. Of course you could. Because I mean, well, I mean, if you have wine in your house, that's kosher pesach that has yeast in it. Okay. Um, it does, and nowadays, no, most people don't just use the yeast that's on the peels of the grapes. They put in they put in yeast even in making wine. So that has yeast in it's kosher pesach. Of course, yeast can be kosher pesach. Take out yeast. 
I don't know if it does or doesn't. I don't know. Um, why do you, why would we care? Okay, mo mo most companies will, they, oh, I should say, many companies will pasteurize their grapes, the grapes just because they don't want the yeast at all. They, they want to kill the yeast. They don't like the yeast. They want to put in their own yeast. They have their own one that they're, you know. I can imagine they clean the grapes before they press it. You can imagine. <laughs> okay, so now, in, 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 as a rule, as a rule, the, the name of the finished product, in this case it's tequila, has to do with the source of the sugar. Okay, so I told you, if you want to make tequila, you have to start with agave. Okay, if you want to make rum, you start with sugar. Okay, it doesn't always work exactly like that. Sometimes, sometimes it has to do with location. Okay, it has to do with location. If you want to make, if you take, remember I told you, if you take barley and you ferment it, and you get some ops, you'll end up with beer. Okay, well, if you take barley and you distill it and you make it in Scotland, Okay, that's scotch. Okay, so over here the term scotch refers to a few pieces over here. It has to be made from barley, and it's distilled, and it has to be in Scotland. Okay, so there's a few pieces, but the barley plays a role in how you make this thing. If you made it out of corn, okay, it wouldn't be scotch. You could make the same thing out of corn, but it just that name scotch refers to something specific. And if it's not made in Scotland, what do you call it? Then you just call it whiskey. Whiskey. Or, or, or if you make it in different places, it has different. You can make it in Ireland, and it'd be called. Uh, Irish whiskey. Okay, it has there are different names of different places, but if you, bourbon is made from corn. Okay, it's made from corn. Okay, right, so there's, there's a, well, in, in, in fancy words we call that a standard of identity. Okay, people have gotten used to a certain things, so they make a rule that says if you want to call it scotch, you have to make it from barley, and you have to distill it this in this way, and you have to make it in scotch. Okay, um, so then there's, there's, there's a kind of brandy that's made in a certain part of France, and that's called cognac. Okay, that's brandy but it's just made in a certain part of France, and then has a name called cognac, if you do it like that. Okay? Or, then there's, there's some... Well, the grapes have to grow over there, whatever they right? Just has a certain taste, they think, whatever they... Ha ha, that's the rule. Okay. It, it's a chesh mishpatin. It's a chesh mishpatin. It, it's because people are expecting to be a certain thing. That's the... Uh, okay. Okay, now, um, an, another thing is, a variation of this is, sometimes the name has to do with what you add to it, okay? There's, there's a term here, GNS, I'm going to explain to you what that means in a second, but just believe me for now, if you take wine, and you, if you take, basically plain wine, you take grapes, you ferment it into, into alcohol, and you add GNS, we'll talk about that, what that is in a second, then you get into port wine, okay? That's a wine that can have a high alcohol percentage, so it looks like wine, it, it tastes basically like wine, um, they serve their recent shon uh, but it, it, it's, it's, uh, but it's added to it, you added other alcohol to it, that's what gives it that. Okay, now. Port is a place. It, but it's a style, it's a style of how you make, of how you make it. Okay, now, the, everything we talked, the last group of we, we distilled to make it a higher percentage is called a, a hard liquor or a whiskey. Okay, that, that's what you call those kind of things. Okay, and the way they usually make that is, you distill it to the point that it's the erich, 60% alcohol. And then, when you're ready to bottle it, you water it down to the erich, 40%. Okay? The bottling is at the erich at 40%. And in between, lots of people will age it. Okay? That helps improve the taste of it. They age it when it's in the erich, 60%. Um, and then, when they're ready to bottle it, they water it down to the erich, 40%. The aging doesn't have to do with fermentation. No, no. Once it's fermented, now it's in, let's say, 60% strength, 60% alcohol strength. Then they, when they're ready to bottle it, they water it down to 40, what we call 80 proof, or 40% strength. They water it down and they sell it like that. Okay, now, but there, there is such a thing, there is such a thing, and that is um, to, to distill it, not to 60%, to distill it till it's almost completely pure alcohol. Okay, the most you can do to it is 95%. 
Okay? You could distill it to such a point that it's almost pure alcohol. You, you distill it more than one time. You keep distilling it. You take the stuff from the right side of the still and you put it onto the left side. You do that a number of times until you get it to the point that it's the error of 95%. And at that point, what you've produced is what's called what GNS, grain neutral spirits. Okay? They're spirits, it's alcohol, but it has no connection to the grain that it came from. There's no carryover to the taste of it. You've gotten everything out of it except you want just the alcohol. It's all you have is just alcohol. Okay? So it's grain neutral. But where it came from is unimportant. Okay? And when you, when you have, you have this grain neutral spirit, it's almost pure alcohol. Okay? Now, you could, I don't think it's even legal to drink that stuff, but it's used in things like in this port wine. But what? Is it legal to drink pure? Okay, maybe it is. Okay. But, Buck, what just happened over here? I don't know what that is. Oops, sorry. Okay, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, my screen tells me I was just to tell you something else first. Okay, and that was some examples. When, when you distill, okay, here, here's examples of things that depending on what you s- distill it from will, will be depend on what the name is going to be there. Okay, that's what my screen says. Okay, if you t- start with rice and you distill it makes soju, am I pronouncing that right? Okay, and sugar makes rum, I told you. Sh- honey makes mead, we'll see that in Shukhanarach. And agave makes the kilo. Okay. Now, if you take almost anything, it doesn't make a difference what you start with, any kind of sugar or starch source, and you take the sugar, you ferment it into alcohol, and you distill it a number of times, okay, to the point that you get almost pure alcohol, then you water it down to a bottle it, and you call that vodka. Vodka is, basically you take pure alcohol, 95% alcohol, and then most people don't want to drink like that, um, most people want to have it watered down, so you water it down to, let's say, 40% to drink of that, and then you sell it as this. Okay? So vodka is made from grain-neutral spirits, and it has no, essentially, it has no carryover of the taste of the original grain that it was made out of. So it could be made out of potatoes, or wheat, or barley, or corn, or for that matter, sugar, or wine, or milk. It doesn't matter what you started with. Whatever you started with, you can end up with the same pure alcohol, and then you water it down, and then it is what it is. Which is why, because it, it, it's a... Uh, such as has no carryover of taste, that's why it's so common to have vodkas that are flavored. Okay? Uh, people who want just alcohol will drink plain vodka. Okay? People who are more sophisticated, who, who want, dip, want a taste to it, they're going to add lemon and cherry to it. You don't see l- so much lemon bourbon. Okay? You see lots of lemons. Vodka, and that's because the vodka itself doesn't have so much character to it from other tastes to it. Okay? Um, okay. Um, I think I'm finished with those slides. Okay. But how about there is an association? In din, of course, of course, yes. In din, yes, there's an association. Yes, okay. Okay. So the, the, the one last piece that I, I didn't mention to you is sometimes, um, uh, um, name-wise, sometimes the names re- reflect other things. Okay? When I just told you how you make vodka, if you flavor that vodka with something called juniper berries, okay, then it's called um, gin. Okay? Gin is really vodka. But it has a, a certain kind of a flavor to it. You add these juniper berries to it in, in different ways. You add juniper berries and it's flavored. If you make rum that you age in a certain amount, then it's called has a, a name to it. It's called oro rum. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Okay. Um, okay. So there's different rules like that. Okay. But but when you when you think about how uh, what an alcoholic beverage is, it, a lot has to do with the grain or the, the the original thing that it's made from. Was it made from sugar or corn or wheat or barley? What was the thing that it started from? And then some of the questions, what happened along the way? How much did you distill it? What did you add to it? Okay. Let's move on to something else. Okay. 
Um, we're going to talk lots of the dinner that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the, the Isser of Yain Esser um, and Stam Yain, two related dinner. Um, so I want to talk for a minute about what that word, what the word Yain means. Okay, so before I tell you what the word Yain means, I'm going to tell you two alternative words um, that the term uses when it talks about Yain. Okay, and they are, the first is the word Tirosh, like the Asafta the Ganecha Vesirosh Chavitzerecha. So the word Tirosh is talking about wine. The Lashon HaTarah, the word Tirosh means wine. The Gemara says that the Lashon B'nei Adam, the word Tirosh does not mean wine. It specifically does not mean wine. It means sweet things. Okay? But the Lashon the word Tirosh refers to wine. Like, again, Vesafta the Ganecha Vesiroshcha means your wine. Okay, but Lashem Re'adam, that's not what it means. Okay, that's one word. And then another word is, there's a word, Shekhar. So the Torah says, by a Nazir, Miyayin V'Shekhar Yazir, um, the, the Nazir should hold himself back from eating Yayin and Shekhar. And El Shekhar, and that possibly means wine, but kind of wine, we'll talk about what it means in a second. Um, but we'll see in, in, the, in the words of Chazal and Pleskim, we'll see it in the first dinim that we do in Kufi Dalit, uh, the word Shekhar means it's a question what it means, but it surely doesn't only mean wine. Okay, over there we'll see it, it talks about maybe beer, maybe all kinds of alcoholic beverages, maybe it means even things that are maybe not alcoholic. It's, it's a question what it's going to mean exactly. Uh, but the word sheikhar in Lashon HaTorah refers, it refers to a wine, um, but in, for our purposes, in Lashon HaPoyski, in Lashon Chazal, the word sheikhar means different things than that. So it, it comes from the word meshakir, like to be, not to lie, to, to be alcoholic with a chaf. Okay. So back, back to the word Yain. Okay? Um, so so the, the Torah uses the word Yain and Shecher together um, a number of times. And the Gemara has three sheetas about what, is it, what does that mean when it says Yain and Shecher together. Okay? So the first the Gemara says is that the, by, by a Nazir in the Gemara is in Krisis on Yudhiyam Obeis. And the Gemara says like this. The Gemara first says is that um, we see from Nazir that Shechar is, is only talking about uh, wine. A Nazir is not, is not ushered to eat bourbon. A Nazir is not allowed to eat things that come from grapes. So Yain and Shechar means um, two different kinds of wine. Um, so what is, what's the difference between them? So the first sheet of the Gemara says is that Yain, um, that by the Nazir, just like by, by a Nazir, so to every place that's where the term says Yain and Shechar, Yain means Yain Mikita, I'll tell you what that means in a second. And Shekhar means in a, a Meshakir, a wine that could be intoxicating. Okay? The other sheets in the Gemara are um, either that Shekhar, in these kind of cases, includes all kinds of other intoxicating beverages, even if they're not made out of wine. So, let's say on the bottom, the Yain Meshakir, Loisha Sisim, the Yidin were in the midbar, and Moshe tells them, you didn't drink Yain and Shekhar, so according to the sheet, the Shekhar will mean is beverages that are alcoholic, not made out of grapes. Or, um, that it comes to tell you that yayin means wine that can be mishakir. Okay, yayin v'shecher, the shecher is megal on the yayin, it has to be mishakir. Okay, but in all, whichever sheet you're going to say like in the Gemara, um, the word yayin doesn't only, doesn't only mean alcoholic wine. Okay, yayin even means what the Gemara calls um, yayin mikita, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, it means anything that comes out of a grape, any juice that comes out of a grape is called, is, mean, is included in wine. Okay, so I'm going to tell you three categories, two of which are wine and one is not. Okay? And the first is something that's called must. That's an English word, must. And that is like this. We're going to see deep into Kufchov Gimel an important criteria for wine, and that is when you squeeze, squeeze grapes, 
and something comes out of it. You squeeze grapes, and out comes out a mix of peels and pits and juice. There's a, there's a very important line called hamshacha. When, you, when the juice separates from the solids, that's when the juice has a bit of wine. As long as the juice is mixed together with the solids, it's still considered to be a fruit. So if somebody, for example, if a guy would touch it in that point, it would not, he didn't touch wine, he touched grapes. Grapes, of course, why touch grapes? Nothing happens if he touches grapes. As soon as that's, you cross the line to something called hamshacha, the liquid separates from the solids, that's called hamshacha. At that point, the liquid that separated was wine. So before you separate it, it's called must, at that point that's not considered wine. Okay? We'll see this one very unusual application why it should be considered wine, but by and large it's not considered to be wine. Okay? Wine and grape juice, or it doesn't matter? For our purposes, it's, that's the same. Okay, well, I'm going to explain that in a second. Okay, but you, not, until we do hamshacha, it's nothing. Until we do hamshacha, it's the same as a potato. Okay, there's no special thing to it until we get hamshacha. Until we separate the liquid from the solids. Okay, it's a must. It's when it's all mixed together. When it's mixed together. When you first pe- when you first squeeze it, and there's all kinds of stuff mixed into it, and it's, it's just a big mush. Um, that's not wine. It's not doesn't have anything. Right. It just it's just like well, I don't know. Right. It would just be hadam, hadam, or whatever bracha it is. You know, it's just it's just a big mush of applesauce, okay? The fact that it happens to come from grapes is of no significance yet. Okay, the next step is, um, the Gemara says that there's two stages in making wine, okay? These are both in this, what I'm calling the first, the first part of wine, okay? And one takes three days, uh, and one takes 40 days, okay? In the first stage, the first stage that takes three days, what happens is, the, the yeast is, has a perfect environment for fermenting the sugar. There's lots of sugar, the, the pH is good, it's better, and so what happens is the, the yeast acts furiously on, on the sugar, and if you watch it, what the Gemara describes it as being tysis, which is to say is, for those three days it's tysis, means is this huge amount of alcohol being produced, you wouldn't see that. What you see is bubbles of carbon dioxide coming out of, the, out of this mixture. So the thing just bubbles away, that's what the word tysis means, it just bubbles away with all that carbon dioxide that's being produced as the byproduct of making the alcohol. Okay, the yeast is very active, and a, a tr- most of the alcohol is produced in those first three days. Okay? That's what we call that being tysis during the first three days. Then, after that first couple days, it slows down, and it goes on, and the Gemara time went on for 40 days. Nowadays it doesn't, but it goes on for a couple of weeks later on, and it continues fermenting. The rest of the sugar that it can still work on, excuse me, until the point that it gets little big bubbles, you'll still see a certain amount of bubbling, but it won't be the strong bubbling, because the process will be going much slower, that's sort of what we call for the 40 days. All of these, all of these things are, are the, it's the, what we call, an, I would call an early stage of wine. Okay? The, 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 this is called Yain Mikitai. When the, by the Nazir, the Targum says like this, the Pasuk says, Yain the Nazir shouldn't eat Yain and Shecher, and the, and the Targum says, Mechamar Chatas Fatik Yanzir. Okay? So, Chamar Chatas, Yain, is refers to the early stage. Okay, when the Gemara says at that stage it, it's not able to be mashaker, it can't make you you can't make you drunk from drinking it. I'll tell you what that means in a second. Um, so the Torah says is he shouldn't drink yain mashaker. He shouldn't even drink it the wine when it's at this early stage, up till forty days. He shouldn't he shouldn't drink from that. Okay, and, and for most dinim, for most dinim, there's no difference whether it's in the three-day stage or the 40-day stage. Uh, you, you may remember the Gemara says, in for Tishabov, on Erev Tishabov, we didn't have Gemara, you actually, you, you're allowed to drink wine in the first three days, and not, but not after three days. That's not, 
halacha lemaisa, the minig is not drink any of that wine. Um, but for most dinin, there's no difference in the first three days. It's like yeah, to a better murder. But it's, for most dinin, there's no difference in the, these two stages. Okay, but there are two steps. There's a three days that it's tosis, and then there's forty days until um, it gets completely um, till it finishes fermenting. Okay, now, but you realize that if until forty days, even though the Gemara calls it the, we call it hamar chadas, it's, it's, it's yayin chadash. Okay, and we, the Gemara says it's not meshakim, but it is alcoholic. Okay, there is alcohol, of course there's alcohol in there. Okay, it doesn't have 40 days, all of a sudden going from being zero alcohol to 15% alcohol, it slowly builds up. Okay, in fact, most of it happens in the first three days. Okay, that point that I just made is negated to, halachalamaisa for, oh, we don't have, we don't have so many kahanam today, negated to kahanam, which is, which is that the, the Bhagavad Ram says, if a, if a, if a kayin drinks yayin mikitai, he's not on the dochen, Okay, the, if he drinks yain mikita, this is called all of this is called yain mikita. I'm going to explain that. Yain, the gas is the place where you press the grapes. It's the place where you press the grapes to make juice out of it. So until 40 days, it's called yain mikita. It's wine out of the press. It hasn't fermented. It hasn't turned into real wine yet. So the Bhagavad Ram says, you know, if you drink yain mikita, you know, okay. So the question is, what do you mean? If you drink yain mikita, you know, but the din is that if you drink wine and the effects of the wine pass, you're allowed to dochen. Okay, so if it takes 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 6 hours, when it passes, you're allowed to dochen. So, if you drink wine with no alcohol in it, the effect passes instantly. So, what does the Mughal Ram mean when he says, you can't drink, you can't dochen if you drink yain mikita? He doesn't mean you're sipping grape juice while you're dochening. He means is that because yain mikita, it could have a lot of alcohol to it. Okay? It's not enough to be mishakir. It's not conscious enough to be mishakir, but it can have an effect on the person. Um, so, you can't dochen until it passes. Okay, anyhow. So, there's one last stage within this first group of yain chadash, what's called yain mikita, and that is, the, the Gemara says, a person could squeeze grapes and squeeze it right into the cup and make kiddush right away. Which is, so that's a shiloh. How do you squeeze grapes and shots? That's a good question. It's first can talk about that. Okay, but yes, so we'll say yes, he's right. He squeezed it right before shots. Okay. I didn't make that. They, they do talk about it. Yeah, yes. So, okay, so but the point is, he squeezed it. It's not, it's, it is Yaimikita technically, but it didn't have any fermentation. It's it has no, it's all sugar, no alcohol to it. He's soaking it, he squeezed into this cup, and he made kiddush right away. He didn't let it sit at all to even begin being tosis. Okay? So, to the, and you're allowed to use that for kiddush. That's also considered wine. It knows as soon as you squeeze the grapes, so you do have shakha, it's wine. Until 40 days, it's, it's not full wine, but it's wine, it's yayan begita for the first 40 days. Now, there are lots of people who assume, many people assume, that Yain Begita is equivalent to what we call grape juice. Okay, grape juice, that's what it is. Grape juice, it's the juice from the grapes. It had hamshacha, but it has no, but it had no alcohol to it. Okay, that's what lots of people assume. Um, and you could make kiddush on that. Okay, we'll see when we get to the right place um, that <laughs> whether grape juice has the same thing as that thing. Okay, there are those who question that maybe grape juice doesn't have the same thing. But the Gemara says you could squeeze grapes and make kiddush on it. So to us, that sounds like grape juice. We'll see whether that's true or not. Okay? And after it passes, okay, so now after it passes the 40 days, after it passes the 40 days, now it's, now it's chamar atit, now it's old wine, okay, and that wine can be used for all kinds of things, the most prominent is you can use it for nesachim, in the, in the mizbeach, it's kashal nesachim, once it's over 40 days, it's finished, the wine is finished being made, uh, at that point, um, fermentation stops, there's such a thing as restarting fermentation, okay, when you make champagne, um, that's the, the, the traditional way to make champagne is, your champagne has bubbles in it. How do you get the bubbles into the champagne? So the traditional way to make it is you put the wine into the bottle, the wine into the bottle, and then you 
add more sugar and more yeast to it in the bottle, and you quickly close the, and you close the bottle. And what happens is the, the, it, it starts fermenting again, the new sugar that you give to it, and it makes a little more alcohol, but it also makes carbon dioxide. And since the bottle is closed, carbon dioxide stays in the bottle. So you don't let it go that far. You let it that it could, it could still ferment more. You put it into the bottle, add some more sugar, and get it going, get it going again, and it's re- and leaves the carbon dioxide in the bottle to make it bubble. Okay, that's not. That's how you make. Well, that's the traditional way to make uh, carbonated wine. Okay, I just say that's the, the modern way to make it. But that's the traditional way to make it. Okay, so. Okay, so um, you it, other fer- there's another fermentation. It can get, it can age that makes it taste better, and it can have another fermentation to make vinegar. There's a different process that happens that's not considered good. Okay, okay. So let me just finish by telling you what the plan here is, what our plan is. Um, I'll finish that, that part of my introduction. Um, the plan is, as I mentioned, we're going to do Kuf Yudal and Kuf We're going to try to squeeze in some of the uh, the simanum of wine go all the way till Kuf Lam Ches. Okay, from Kof Chavkim all the way to Kof Lam Ches, and we're going to try to squeeze certain parts of those that are Megale Maisa in. Like, for example, Kof Chavdal and Kof Chavhe and, and some Kof Chavvav are relevant. They're going to be squeezed in some places in Kof Chavkim, or places where I have hopes of sticking pieces from there into it. Um, it there's, there's some exceptions to that rule are Simon Kof Lam and Kof Lam and Aleph, I have hopes to do afterwards just quickly. Those are about Simanim and seals and things like that, which is the Yetas. And, and um, there's one very big question, um, which we're going to talk about a number of times, which is whether a person can drink um, scotch that was aged in sherry casks. Okay, there are many parts of that shayla, uh, and we will and talk about them. As we pass the parts of the shayla, most of them are going to be in Kuf Yudala and Kuf Kuf Kim. We're going to merge and pass them at different points, but one very specific part, one very important part of that shayla is in Sin Kuf Lamed Hay, so we'll, that in Richard will be the last time we're going to talk about talk. We'll be about that. Uh, we'll wrap up the parts we talked about and talk about that part. Um, the, 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 the very a very crucial part of that child is in Sim Kofamite. Okay. Um, we were we will skip in Richard the Simon that have to do with cashing from Stein Um most of which we covered over the Halloween scale.